This is 24-7 Sports Hub Radio. And now, with their always informative and often entertaining take on the sports news of the day, here are Jonathan Raggis and Jim Williams. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to an earlier edition of 24-7 Sports Hub Radio. I'm your host, Jonathan Raggis. Alongside me, as always, the partner in crime, the man, Jim Williams. What's going on, man? I didn't sign up for early hours. Well, 11.30 isn't early, but I'm here. I'm here. Instead of pre-showing, we're... We're showing. So. so so the so the pre pre show was the pre show and the pre show's the show, so what's the show? This is the show. But you just said this is the pre we're we're pre showing. No, I said we're usually pre showing, now we're showing. Who's on first? Anyway. Welcome back our friends to the show that never ends. So nice that you could attend. Come inside, come inside. Very nice. Emerson Lake and Palmer. Uh glad to be here. We've got a lot to recap over the course of the next 58 minutes and 30 seconds, because we've wasted a lot of time. Uh, we've got a full weekend of NFL games to recap, some controversy, a little controversy, uh, as well as uh, some MLB hot stove and more. But before we go any further, <laughs> yesterday was a momentous day in John's life. It was. It was the birthday of a man by the name of Robert Earl Moore. Better known as... Ahmad Rashad. You know that's my main man. It is. Happy birthday, Ahmad. I hope you got my Starbucks gift card. That's right. Oh, you main man, main man, right? <laughs> but he he turned sixty. I can't believe he's sixty-four. I can't believe it's week twelve. That too. So. Uh yeah, everybody's getting old, man. It sucks, but. Well, you know, we're gonna we're gonna segue and talk about NFL in just a second, but uh. <laughs> Oh. Sorry, there was an echo on my end. I'm like, what? What? Jim, Jim, Jim. By the way, we have a chat room. If you uh, log on to the Blog Talk Radio account, you can spill your beans and your guts and your vitriol towards the New England Patriots or whatever here in the chat. Uh, if you have your thoughts and feelings about the NFL weekend that was and the week that looms ahead... Give us a call, 347-237-5373. Click the Skype. Join us in the chat. Be dialing people. We welcome it. We we, we encourage it. No. Yes. So let's go back and take a look at the week that was in the National Football League. Week numero once. Was it a good one? I think so. Not for my Jets, anyway. It was a very good year. Well, let's get into that first game, and that was the Bills just... Murdering the Jets, 37-14, to 14, led by E.J. Manuel. What did you think of this one? Well, I didn't see this coming. Famous Nobody class. did. Nobody did. I mean, E.J. Manuel showing up? Well, what? Well, also, uh, Jarris Bird, two interceptions. A Buffalo defense forcing four turnovers. Kyle Williams doing his thing with a couple of sacks in the process as well. It was just a total defensive effort from the uh, from the Buffalo Bills, and uh, it was over early, early on. I mean, the only positive in this game, Chris Ivory for the well for the Jets, Chris Ivory ran for almost a hundred yards and a touchdown. But outside of that, yeah, they suck, Jim. Yes. Uh, now, now go ahead. By the way, for for what it's worth, your Jets. I stress your Jets, John. 
the first team in NFL history to go win, lose, win, lose, win, lose, win, lose, win, lose in their first 10 games of the season. You must be so proud. Yeah, not really, but after this game. Right, listen, you know, they're supposed to win now next week. And who are they and facing next playing week? playing the Baltimore Ravens, so. It's possible. It'd be fun to be Baltimore. I have to say that. It would be. You know, they're going to be an 8-8 eight eight team, and they still may make the playoffs. They're still in the uh, very much of the hunt in the AFC playoff picture. Are you in the hunt? I don't hunt. I, I love the animals. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to be in those Sarah McLaughlin commercials, damn it. <laughs> oh, man, that's awful. Hi, I'm Sarah McLaughlin. I'm about to ruin your freaking day. Exactly. But... Uh, but no, just just an ugly game there in Buffalo. Uh, it was over before it began, really. Just so let's move on. We absolutely will, because I'm not talking about this Jets game. It was awful. It was terrible. Chicago Bears with a 23 to 20 win over the Baltimore Ravens in overtime. The Bears now six and four on the season. What'd you think of this one, Jameson? Well, uh, first of all, this was one of the longest games you will ever see because of the big two-hour. Uh, severe uh, tornadic activity in the area delay. Yeah, those storms are insane. Insane. But I'll tell you this. Mr. McCown's not bad. He's not bad at all. In fact, he might be doing a better job than than Mr. Cutler would have been doing. Yeah, he got one touchdown. Mm, I don't know. I'm not going to give it up to him on one touchdown. If he had three touchdowns and it was not an overtime win, eh. But, but what I'm saying is this: if you were, if you don't look at the jersey number, you see no difference between these two at quarterback. Really? Oh yeah, well yeah, that well yeah, that's the truth. I give you that one. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, Cutler's in a contract year. I believe so. So, this is really going to hurt his value, I think, going forward. Because if you can get if you can keep McCown on board for less, why? Well, why are you going to pay Cutler big money? He's not deserving of the kind of money. Well, first of all, Joe Flacco's not deserving of the money Joe Flacco's getting. Way, but if way. but if Cutler thinks he's an elite quarterback, uh, we got this guy here, this McCown. He's every bit as good as you are, man. I know. I'm 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 pretty good. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Ray Rice had a great game uh, in a losing effort. Joe Flacco was, as I always so faithfully call him, flaccid. Mediocre at best. And Matt Forte did okay. He actually ran for 83 yards. But again, uh, I, I can't imagine. You know, you start a game, and then you have to go out there for two hours, and then you're starting it back up. I don't know. It happens. It happens, man. But thankfully, uh, you know, at least fans, you know, everybody in that storm, nobody was hurt by the stadium, so that's good. All right, man. Uh, let's go over to the next game, and that is the Cincinnati Bengals. 7-4 and four now in the season after a 41-20 to 20 win over the now 4-6 and six Cleveland Browns. Really wasn't a good game. Jason Campbell uh, looking good in the last two games for the Cleveland Browns. 27-56, uh, 248 yards, thrown for one touchdown and three interceptions. Uh, Andy Dalton, 13-27, of 27, only 93 yards, but three touchdowns. Two interceptions, touchdowns to Jermaine Gresham, Sanu, and Smith. Uh, this is a good game in my book. Uh, you know, Josh Gordon looked really good. The, you know, the connection between Josh Gordon and Jason Campbell 
Um, you know, back on again, but of course, you know, they're, they're giving the ball too much to Jason Campbell, making him do too much with it. When you throw for 56 passes, uh, only complete 27, you know, it's going to be pretty bad. Chris Ogbenaya, uh, eight carries, 69 yards. Whitaker, four carries, 20 yards. Willis McGahee, the one that they signed after getting rid of Trent Richardson, six carries, only 13 yards. What'd you think of this one, Jim? Yeah, that, uh, don't get me started on Trent Richardson. We'll talk about that in a moment. Oh, yeah. uh, j- uh, what game are we on again? I'm sorry. Uh, Bengals uh, basically demolishing your Cleveland Brown pick. My Cleveland... I knew you were going to do that to me. My main man. My, uh... By the way, we are now tied 98-67. and 67. Hey. You went 10-5. and five, I went 11-4 and four this week. Main man. There he is. Black Cat. That's right. Uh, but no, uh... <laughs> Cleveland, I thought the defense was going to show up. i got to give credit to Cincinnati for putting it to them big time. I mean, 31 in the second quarter. Uh, Good night, Irene. Time to get some Dairy Queen at that point. Well, they held Dalton down in the yardage, but unfortunately uh, for Cleveland, he was able to get those little short touchdown passes. So, Well, it helps also when the defense shows up for uh, Cincinnati and presents a short field. That's always a positive. Absolutely. So. All right, let's move over to your game. That's your Philadelphia Eagles with a 24-16 to win over the Washington Redskins. Uh, 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 I'm sorry, you didn't introduce them correctly. The Washington professional sports team. No, I'm not talking about the, 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 the dead skins. I'm talking about your first place Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, and it's old Nick Foles, man. But remember, he's not the starting quarterback. Just remember that, boys and girls. Well, he is now. After uh, 11 of 26, 298 yards, 104.3 QB rating. He didn't throw a touchdown. No, but you didn't because guess what? Your boy Shady got it. My full. main man, baby! Shady and Foles. Foles again with the Russian touchdown, man. How many is that for him on the season now? Uh, too many. Um, he's got like four now, right? But the thing that's key is he's spreading the ball around when he's throwing it. Deshaun gets a few grabs. McCoy, racist Riley Cooper. I'm sorry, he will always be racist Riley. At least well, look, you know, you look at Deshaun Jackson, Deshaun McCoy, Brent Selleck, and... Selleck, I mean, where did he come and from? And Bryce Brown, he was perfect to them. Targeted them, and, and they both and they all made the receptions on the same targets, man. And he may be the X factor on this team, believe it or not, Bryce Brown. He has really come to form as of late. Yeah, uh, as as a secondary back uh, behind Shady McCoy, uh, Shady. But this game was over. I thought before the fourth quarter started, the Eagles led twenty four nothing. But then uh, the tempo—that's the one problem with this team. They can't switch gears, and that will kill them in the end. Ultimately, at some point, either in the regular season or God forbid, they get to the playoffs. They can play the high octane, quick paced offense, but when they have a big enough lead, they can't pump the brakes properly and stretch it out and draw out the long drive. That's going to be their Achilles heel, I think, down the road. Might still be enough to win the division, knowing this division. So we shall see. But uh, three and seven, the Redskins, uh, thanks for playing. We have a lovely, we have some rice aroni. We have some. uh, But that's the San Francisco treat. Well, okay, we have some turtle wax. How about that? There you go. Turtle wax and uh, other lovely, uh, a, a lovely gift certificate from the Spiegel catalog offering value selection and savings. Spiegel, Chicago, six zero six zero nine. All right, let's move it over to another game, and that's the Pittsburgh Steelers with a thirty-seven to twenty-seven win over the Detroit Lions. We both picked Detroit. Didn't see this one coming. Roethlisberger had himself a game, man. 
Uh, yeah, I'd say so. Throwing 29 of 45, 367, four TDs. Very clean game from him. No running still, but uh, Antonio Brown, though, two touchdown grabs, seven grabs in all, 147. He had a beast mode kind of game. Good thing I started him in one of my leagues. Oh, black mouth. Megatron did his best to keep it honest, and, and he had himself a game as well on the uh, losing effort. Six grabs, 179, and two touchdowns, but... Eh, you know, <laughs> eh, 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 eh. this was a game Detroit needed to win to to cement the fact that they're the team to beat in the central or the central, the north, and they couldn't do it. So can they please have a second wide receiver? Oh, you're you're absolutely Jesus right. Christ! Megatron is this team. There is nobody else, and if you take Chris Derman, Brandon Bettigrew are capable number two receivers in this offense, you are just mistakenly wrong. I don't know why they don't even use Reggie Bush more as a, as a you know, for swing pattern and what have you. Uh, I mean, they targeted him five times. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah, I... Kevin Ogletree, man, you know, the, the guy that they signed hoping to be... Oogie love, yeah. Yeah, you know, something, three targets, zero reception, so... What it comes down to with this team is they are one player away from being an NFC champion. And that player is a freaking wide receiver! I actually think two players. I think if they could get a more, uh, you know, uh, a better number two, but I still think they need a consistent slot in, in, in that number three spot as well. Can Chris Durham do it? We see good games every now and then from Chris Durham, but I don't think he's that third type of receiver, you know, that you know that, that player that all teams cover, like that Wayne Corbett type player that you know you could throw to when you're on third down and you need that first down. I don't think it's Chris Durham. But okay, fair enough. Fair that's enough. just me. I don't even think there's really that many players out there anymore like that. So. Yeah, it's a niche thing. It's a niche thing. Well, tight ends kind of fill that role to a certain extent, too, now. So. Yeah. All right, let's move it on along to two, two and eight teams now as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers put up 41 points on the Atlanta Falcons to their 28. Wow. Which two one game winning play? streak. Yeah. You, you picked Atlanta. You thought Atlanta was going to win this one. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> Cocaine. Uh, no, no. I, I thought, stupidly, that maybe, just maybe, a blind squirrel would see its nuts. <laughs> well, it didn't happen. Um, Harry Douglas, my main man, did his thing, but that's about it. Tony Gonzalez, who many thought wasn't going to start, ended up starting and was, the, was tied for most receptions, but really didn't do much of anything. Yeah. Just he hasn't done much this season. This team is so banged up. This Atlanta team, it's not even funny. And I don't know that they win a game the rest of the season. I really don't know that I, they do. I think they'll win something. Uh, you know, listen, you could see it, man. Steven Jackson, he, he's not healthy. He hasn't been healthy for a long time. Even since coming to Atlanta, he wasn't healthy. I honestly thought that was going to work out better for them. Just, but I, I, I still honestly think they would have done better keeping Michael Turner out for at least one more season. And, and Speaking uh, Okay, well, you say that. You say that. Let me ask the question. The R word, retirement? Steve, for Steven Jackson? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. I mean, honestly, man, Steven Jackson's such a highly competitive guy. If he can't do it the way he wants to do it, I don't see, number one, how Atlanta keeps him, and number two, how he's going to stay in the league. You know, because he, he's going to end up going down to being the number two back. He doesn't want to do that. Okay, now, aside from Atlanta, let's give some props to the new star that everybody's going to pick up on the waiver wires in time for the final couple of weeks of the regular season, Bobby Rainey. 
They just keep pull. They just keep pulling running backs out of their backsides at it, Tampa Bay. It's it's amazing. But you know, it also shows you now. Does that make Doug Martin available for a trade to help them shore up some uh, weaknesses on their team for next year? Possibly. So, or really himself. So. And then to Jackson, ten grabs, one sixty-five, and a touchdown. He also had a very solid output uh, for Tampa Bay, and they are on a winning streak, two in a row. We give them a little. 24-7 Sports Hub. Pat on the back. Golf cup. Off clap. Off clap. Now let's uh, go to 16 and Vern Lundquist. Mike Lennon, though, man. He's getting better and better. He's getting t- I mean, look at the look at the ratio. 20 out of 23. Yeah. That's insane. Not even that. Just, you know, just a few games he's been in so far. 11 touchdowns to four interceptions. Uh, over 1,500 yards. 87.7 rating for, for a rookie quarterback that looks like Napoleon Dynamite. Vote for Pedro. <laughs> Such an idiot. Vote for somebody that'll help him. But all right, man. Let's move this down to the Jaguars. And guess what? The Jaguars not on a two-game winning streak as they lost twenty-seven to fourteen to Carlson Palmer and the Arizona Cardinals. Don't look now, but Arizona's contending for a wild card spot. Oh yeah, six and four. Carson Palmer, as you mentioned, 419 yards passing, two touchdowns, and they combined for all of 14 yards on the ground. Got to get more from Mendenhall. If they and Ellington. They've really got to focus on Ellington because Ellington's been great. He's and been we, real solid as of late, but then all of a sudden with this game, Mendenhall, you give him the, the, you know, the load, and I think that messed with his confidence a little bit. Michael Floyd had himself a game, six grabs, 193 and a touchdown. Monster. My, uh-oh. Monster. Don't bring out the Boston accent. The Hopper. Not yet. Yeah, the Hopper. The Hopper. No, I, 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 Hopper. The Hopper. Hopper. The Hopper. The Hopper. 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 Shut up. Hopper. You know you like that gal saying Hopper. You know that just sounds... I just love the gal going, shut up. Because that would be you. Right there. Just hilarious, no. Maurice Jones-Drew, uh, he didn't show up. Done. Well, he had a touchdown, so that's that's nice. He's done. Yeah, we'll put a fork in it. Serve Chad him on Henny, toast. Chad Henny Penny Pasta, not much. He's done. Else. He's done. Serve this whole team up on toast. They're done. All right. Well, let's move on then. They're done. Screw them all. <laughs> all right. Oakland Raiders. <laughs> Oakland Raiders with a 28 to 23 win over the Houston Texans, and to me, the story here, man, you got to give it to him. Matt McGloin. Where did this guy come from? And also, Case Keenum being benched this game. Yet Case Keenum is going to start this week. What is going on? And also we hear about Matt Schaub and Andre Johnson, the uh, duo for so many years, having some uh, fights on the sidelines. I think they need to hug it out, bro. They hug it out. Hug it out. Hug it out. But let me, let me tell you, man, Matt McGloin, I ain't going to lie. I picked him up, and I'm starting him this week because I needed something. Both my guys are on buys. That was impressive. 18-32 off the bench, literally. Yeah. 197, three touchdowns. And, oh, yes, Rashad Jennings in the ever-circling wheel of running backs. And where was Big Man? DMC? Yeah, was he Was he injured? Apparently he was. That another guy that, you, know, you know, is that another guy that needs a change of scenery? Because, honestly, if you look around this league, there is a lot of guys in this league that need a change of scenery, I think. He would be one, but I don't know if he'll ever be what he once was. I don't think he ever will be, quite frankly. I think come Monday... We need to focus on that and talk about some of these guys that need to change the scenery because there's a lot, man. DMC's one of them. Maurice Jones-Drew is one of them. 
there's a lot of guys that need to be away from the teams that they're on right now mm-hmm. just to see if they still have it. Because if they don't, mm-hmm. now's the time to figure it out, right? I agree. I think that is an excellent, excellent idea. Fortunately, so, a lot of their trade values are so down. So be listening, ladies and gentlemen. Part of our November to remember. To remember. Yes. Absolutely. It all comes full circle to that. But, uh, well, Gavoin gets plenty of props for me. Definitely. Absolutely, man. He was good. He was real, real good. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move that over. What? Before we do that, Houston Texans, real, real bad. Yeah, thank you. All right, man. Miami Dolphins now 5-5 five and five on the season after a 20-16 to 16 win over the Chargers. Really thought the Chargers were going to win this one, Jim, but I was mistaken. Well, what happens, once again, when teams go east from the west coast? Yeah, but they, you know what? They got good stuff from Phillip Rivers. They got good, really good stuff from Ryan Matthews. Uh-huh. Uh, it, listen, the running game was better in San Diego. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phillip Rivers and Tannehill, same numbers. They, they matched each other perfectly. It just came down to the kickers, man, and Caleb Sturgis with that, with that kick, man. You know? Yeah, absolutely. That, you know what? Caleb Sturgis opening the game with his 22-yarder and then ending the game with his 37-yarder. He bookended it. And that's, how, and that's all she wrote. There you go. That's all she wrote. So, upset there. Come on, Philip Rivers, man. You were having yourself such a good season, man. Come on. He still is. I mean, he 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 played a decent game. Unfortunately, he didn't get that second touchdown. Mm-hmm. All right, New Orleans Saints now eight and two in the season after a twenty-three to twenty win over Colin Kaepernick and the San Francisco Forty ers and it's now proven that Colin Kaepernick is the worst quarterback in the NFL since week two. It is. Uh, oh, you have statistical analysis to back this up. I'm, I'm taking it. Yes, just read that somewhere. What did I say? Let me get that as you give us your... Uh, well, first of all, Drew Brees is Drew Brees is Drew Brees. Amazing. Yeah. He, he just... Another 300-yard game. Just keeps on keeping on, as the as the hip kids say. <laughs> but Kaepernick, my goodness. 17-31, 127. Yeah, okay, two touchdowns and a pick, but he is... I'm likening this, honestly, to Cam Newton in his second year. Major sophomore slump for Kaepernick. And it's very tough to win a game when you only get 12 first downs. Very tough. Not even that. He opened the season looking so good. I mean, we've talked about it enough times. It's just mind-numbing. Yeah. How how he's gone from week one to now, and even week one to week two, from being an MVP candidate to being... Arena Bowl bound at best. Crazy, Arena man. Football League material. It's just, uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's the, if it's more mental than, than anything else or not. I, I just don't know. It's got to be something, man, because you know, week one, man, we we looked at him, you and I. I mean, mm-hmm. we were like, whoa, what's what's going on here, man? You know, and then all of a sudden, done. Mm-hmm. Done. So. It is what it is. All right, let's move it along and get rid of this game and get to the Giants game as they defeated the Packers 27-13. to Giants fans are rejoicing because you beat Scott Tolzien. And now 4-6. and six, uh, Only threw for 339, though. And three picks, granted, but yes. Yeah, exactly. They're rejoicing because Eli Manning actually had a capable game and showing. 25-35, 279, a touchdown and a pick. Yeah, it's still not. You know what? That's still not Eli numbers, though. Oh yeah. well, yeah. That's you know, true. Eli's good for multiple touchdowns. I mean, this one touchdown thing. This is uh, true. Going on. This it's is true. Not good uh, for him week to you know week after week now, man. I mean, listen, you beat Scott Tolzien, you beat Terrell Pryor, and you beat what? 
the Eagles in Week 8 when they had a lot and of And now injuries. people are like, we're going to have a home Super Bowl. Shut up. No, you're not. Not, not happening. I, you know what? I give them credit for holding Eddie Lacy to 27 yards. Um, but if this was Aaron Rodgers, it would be flipped around. It would be three touchdowns, zero interceptions. In my I'll point. say this. The defense for the Giants has improved over the last month and a half. Definitely. No sacks. No sacks, though, man, for a team that's known for sacks. You know? mm, but when you have three interceptions, that kind of cancels things out. Yeah. So. I want to put that pressure on the quarterback. I guess they did, though, with the three interceptions. So. Uh, yeah, see, there's, there's a... Uh, you guys are one, one of them a pick-six variety, of course. So. No. Calm down, Giants fans. You know, calm yeah. down. Calm down. Seriously, calm down. Jets have a better record than you, and that's terrible because Jets are really bad. So, mm-hmm. All right, let's move it along. Seahawks going into their bye week. They're now 10-1, and Jim, after a 41-20 to win over the 2-8 and Minnesota Vikings. It's Seattle. It's at home. Let's move on. No. Uh, but, you know, Russell Wilson didn't have to do much. No. I mean, his stats tell you. He didn't have to do much. 13 of 18, 230, and two touchdowns. I, I, you know, why are they even juggling the quarterbacks in Minnesota? Honest to goodness, just pick one and just stay within the rest of the season and let it burn down to the ground right now. I agree. I agree. I honestly think they should have just stuck with Matt Castle. I honestly think he should start this, this upcoming week. So. And he probably won't. It'll probably be Christian Ponder still. Yeah. I, I, talking about I don't know Minnesota what their love affair is with Christian Ponder in Minnesota. Yeah. I really don't. He must have some kind of uh, naked pictures or something of the owner. Yeah, or Sam Ponder's probably putting him up to it. I don't know. Hey, what are you hey. trying to insinuate? Samantha's awesome. I'm, I, she actually, I want to, I want to make mention. I think it's Pro31.com is your site. She has a great article about uh, Twitter and uh, how. Uh, there is no Pro31.com. Oh, uh, I, I don't remember what it is. Well, I'll get back to you on it. I'll get back to you on it when I find it. So. Yes, let us know. I like to uh, read it. I like Twitter. Well, well, yeah, no. Well, I mean, she, she how she gets eviscerated via Twitter uh, every five seconds, seemingly, um, for comments, this, that, and the other. Um, hold on. I'm, I'm bringing it up right now. It is... Uh, where is it? Go back to it. Go go on with the next game. I'll find it. <laughs> uh, Pro, Pro31.com. P-R-O. You spell it out. 30. Oh, 31. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Where she examines the truth in Twitter, which is interesting. Nice. Got to take a read. Uh, definitely worth a read. Awesome. Okay. Let's uh, move it over to the game of the week, Jim. And that was the Denver Broncos and the Kansas City Chiefs. And guess what? The Chiefs, we knew they were losing this one because they should have been losing the last couple mm-hmm. of games. 27-17 was the Broncos. Excuse me. Uh, with this win, Peyton Manning, 323, 24-40, one touchdown. Alex Smith, though, had two touchdowns. <clears throat> um, it's been a while since I've said this. Uh, didn't do, didn't perform uh, our best today. I uh, need to do a better job of taking full responsibility. Um, I forgot what that's like. I haven't said that in, uh, in this colored uniform in a while, <clears throat> ever. <clears throat> but... Um, Alex Smith didn't look good out there. Um, I tried to run the ball uh, uh, not nearly enough. Um, <clears throat> I should uh, probably go back to passing it 85% of the time again and uh, <clears throat> see what I can do about that. Um, time tours. <clears throat> Thank you, Coach. No, but uh, what was key for this game, it, it, it's one of those stats you do not see in the box score. Peyton Manning was so well protected. You might as well have had a Brinks truck in front of him. Yeah. Because the offensive line no sacks. did 
their job last night, or Sunday night rather, and then some. Mm-hmm. So kudos to the offensive line for, for uh, protecting Peyton big time. Peyton. And, uh, Peyton. And uh, again, spreading the ball well. Thomas, Decker, Welker, Thomas, Ball, all getting uh, – we, we, we talked enough times about how deep this Denver team is. It's oh, just, phenomenal. Uh, it's unreal. Yeah, and you got to give props to Monte Ball with those two touchdowns on the ground. That, oh, know, yeah. that, that honestly was really the difference maker in this game. Absolutely. So, yep. so. Let's uh, move it over to Monday Night Football. And, Jim, we called this win. Oh, yeah. The Carolina Panthers now 7-3 and three after a 24-20 to 20 win over the New England Ho- uh, Excuse me, Patriots, not Hoppers. Hoppa? Hoppa? Uh, Cam Newton, man, 19 of 28, 209 yards, three touchdowns, man. When the hell did Cam, Cam Newton become a hot quarterback? In the last six weeks, there's your answer. Crazy. Yeah. And Cam Newton's 70 or 80-yard run that really was only 14 from scrimmage was one of the most insane runs I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. That was incredible. But they got the game-winning score with 58 seconds left in the fourth quarter. That good. Against the New England Patriots. You knew Brady was going to drive down the field, and he did. And we come to the final play of the game. They're 17 yards away from the end zone. He throws for Gronkowski. Pass inter- yeah, the pass is intercepted, but wait, there's a flag. But when is a flag when it's not a flag? They pick it up, put it in their pocket, and save it for a rainy day. Carolina wins. The ending of this game, your thoughts, what did you think? Mm-hmm. It, no, I'm asking you, what do you think? I, I, you know, t- I'm sorry, man. I, I, didn't, I honestly didn't think they got screwed. Um, but then again, so many teams have gotten screwed against New England before. Karma! To me, it's karma, and to me, it's the boo-hoo of... Uh, you know, of, of I'm sorry, it's 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 the whole boo-hoo of of, of of the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick. I mean, you know what? Right now we got a story. Uh, I'm just grabbing off a yard barker, and uh, there's a an ex referee, uh, Jim uh, Jim DePoulis, uh, in a recent interview with USA Today says an uncatchable ball is something thrown by Tim Tebow. Here was his answer to the question below, and I quote: "We as officials have always been taught for a ball to be uncatchable." It has to be clearly out of the field of play, or it has to be kind of, I probably shouldn't say this, a Tim Tebow-type pass that lands 15 yards in front of you, end quote. And guess what? That's what happened. The New England Patriots lost. Give props to the Carolina Panthers. You move on to the next game. Stop bitching, because that's all what the New England Patriots do. When a team gets screwed, oh, yeah, we're one. We're the mighty New England Patriots, and they're fans. Yeah, oh, yeah, we're the mighty New England Patriot fans. But when they lose... It's always got to be something against them. It's got to be the refs' fault. It's got to be the camera guys' fault. The water boys' fault. It's it's everybody else's fault except for the New England Patriots. You lost this game fair and square. And I'm sorry, but when you're running back as your leading receptor, uh, you know, receiver after coming off the IR, it happens. So we need to get you out of your shell more often. Just a little I, more. I think we really need to get you out of your shell. Just a little you know, more. Just a little bit more. Let me say this. Um, now I forgot what I was going to say. Thanks a lot, John. Sorry. Um, sorry. No. Uh, okay, I remember now. What it comes down to is if you're going to blame the officials, rightly or wrongly, yeah. that shows the insecurity that you have on the field because ultimately you put yourself in the position to have to be in this spot. Yeah. You know, and that, and in the press conferences immediately afterwards, by the way, the Coach Belichick press conference was a joke. An absolute joke, and, and I'm, I'm sorry, but the Boston 
the, the Patriots media, the people who are covering the Patriots, are some of the biggest wusses I've ever seen in my life. Agree. They did not even try to ask any remotely tough questions. Here in Philadelphia, we have a guy named Howard Eskin, who's known for pushing buttons and asking the questions that irk people. Mm-hmm. I don't mind that. Yes, can he be annoying? Yes, can he be a bit of a D-bag? Sometimes, yes. But yeah, but you know, what? Uh, you know what? He's doing his job as a person of the media. Exactly. You, you know, that's listen, in New York, man, ask John Tortorella. We got a guy by the name of Larry Brooks. Their feud is known throughout sports. Exactly. For John Tortorella trying to kick Larry Brooks out of uh, press conferences and stuff for asking the tough questions. But you know what? At least somebody does, and in New England, nobody does. New England, nobody does. It's literally dead silence. And I was watching it on Fox Sports 1, uh, the, the press conference, and, and Carissa Thompson. Oh, my goodness, she's amazing. And, and the panel, they were just like, wow, that was awkward. Yeah. And it was, because you heard nothing but silence. No, everybody's afraid. It's like, you want to ask him a question? No, you ask him a question. I don't want to poke the bear. Yeah. I mean, come on. Show, I mean, I mean show honestly. Some, have some testicular or ovarian over two journalists in the New England area. Come on. It, it's, it's amazing. If you can actually watch this video and think that they got shafted. Listen, Gronkowski was nowhere near the ball. The ball was thrown 10 yards in front of him. He was only in the back of the end zone. Whoever made the interception, I can't remember what the, who the player was that made the interception on, on, on the pass. Mm-hmm. He was at the front of the end zone. I'm sorry, but you know what? Even if there wasn't a defender there, he wouldn't have been able to get back to the ball. Uncatchable. So, you know what? Oh, but we can't blame Golden Boy Tom Brady for that one. So. No, never. Never, because Tom is just perfect. Tom is perfect. All right. Let's move over to Thursday night's game, tomorrow night's game, and let's make our pick on that one, Jim. Oh, this really should be a this this should be game of the a week. Classic. It's you know what? Listen, this should be a classic. It should be. It really should be. If this was last year, this would be is a, a great game. Game. But eh, not so much. All right, New Orleans Saints now eight and two, taking on the reverse two and eight Atlanta Falcons. Who do you got in this one? He says, trying not to laugh his arse off. I will say one thing that gives Atlanta a fighting puncher's chance. The game's being played on Thursday night. And it's in Atlanta. <laughs> okay, and that too. Okay, they've got more than a puncher's chance. Still, they're going to lose by 17 or more. New Orleans, come on. New Orleans, no doubt about it. Now no. watch Atlanta win. Watch Atlanta win this Listen, game. If, if, if they happen to win, I think Matt Ryan deserves a win. And that's what's going to happen. You know, he's going to have himself a damn good game. I know Carolina sure. fans would love to see it, that's for sure. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Absolutely. Oh, I'm going to ask you something at the end of the show, too. Oh, great. You know, maybe I should ask you this now. Ask me now. You and I are both wrestling fans. Yes. To me, Survivor Series was one of the greatest pay-per-views, and of course it's coming up this weekend, but I miss the old Survivor Series where you got the good four or five-on-five matches. On a regular basis, yeah. On a regular basis. Now, let me ask you. You are one of the wrestlers. Who is your four? Who would be your dream Survivor Series team? Who would be my favorite Mm. Who would be your favorite four? I'm going to need some time to think about that. I, I, I It's going to take some time for me to think about that. Yeah. I'll, I, may, I'm, I may not be able to get back to you on this show for it. How about that? You know what? Let's, you know what, let's do that for Friday. How about that? Let's do that. Okay. We're going to do some, some, some research, come up with, with our top four of our teams. And we, you know what? Maybe we'll even throw them against each other and see who can win in, in, in a head-to-head matchup. Like, oh, let's, oh, okay. uh, like, let's say you picked Vader and I picked Bam Bam Bigelow. Who, if they Brooklyn were... Brawler. Come on now. Hey, listen. Don't, don't mess with the Brooklyn Brawler. Yeah. Okay. 
That's going to be fun. All right, man. We'll do that for Friday for our Barry Horowitz. Listening. Barry Horowitz is the man. I want Barry Horowitz and Savio Vega. Javier. Ava Nagila. Oh, man. Ava that's what that was his theme song, Horowitz's theme. Come oh, on. Man. Yeah, I actually met him at the, um, uh, wasn't Survivor Series. Maybe it was Survivor Series. That was at Madison Square Garden back in 95, I think it was, when uh, The Rock debuted. Yeah, it was Survivor Series. It was Survivor Series, 96. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, I did a meet and greet uh, before the matches uh, up, in, up in the garden. And uh, you, know, you know who the wrestlers they had come to meet us? And this is the funny part. You know, it's the Survivor Series. Everybody's there. It could have been somebody big. It was Savio Vega, Barry Horowitz, and the man of war himself, Ando Montoya, a.k.a. Just Incredible. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Seriously? Come on, WWE. You know. No, nah, but it's cool. Man. Um, I'm actually interviewing a very, uh, a very notable WWE superstar today, and it's going to be up on 247sportshub.com, possibly by Friday. We're going to debut our new series. 24-7 good guys. We're going to focus on the positivity in sports and athletics, and we're going to look at the guys who do so much for their communities and so much charitable endeavors. Um, really looking forward to that one today, Jim. And, uh, Absolutely. You know, we'll talk about that on Friday as well. Absolutely. And so Absolutely. today, interview that's going to be going up on 247sportshub.com. I am interviewing the lead singer of Exodus and also of his, uh, of his other uh, band, Generation Kill, Rob Dukes. Man, We're going to talk about his love of the New York Rangers, and that's going to be up on... 247sportshub.com, too, possibly by the weekend. So Very cool. Good stuff, man, let me tell you. There you go. Let's talk a little baseball, man. A lot of uh, hot stuff, go, uh, stuff going on. What do you think, man? Oh, yes, it's simmering. It's simmering, coming to a boil here, my friend. So let me start right in our backyard, Philadelphia. Now, Carlos Ruiz is a much-beloved catcher here in Philadelphia. So what does... Ruben Amaro Jr. do? Wait for it, wait for it. He overpays for him! Oh, that come out. I'm sorry. <sighs> Three years, $26 million, a fourth-year option for $4.5 million, along with a uh, limited no-trade clause for Chooch, who will be 35 in January. He's coming off of a, a bad year. He had a 25-game suspension for taking Adderall to start the year. <laughs> what? Uh, I'm I'm sorry, man. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, 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 we can't talk about laughing? we can't talk about players anymore without talking about Adderall. I or, know I'm not able to concentrate. I need any type of uh, steroid, man. Well, according to uh, according to John Heyman of CBS Sports and MLB Network, it was kind of a close call between the Phillies and the Red Sox, both making offers for Chooch. So of course, Ruben Aguero Jr. says, "Hey, I've got lots of money. I'm going to spend it all." So. Uh, there you go. He's now the top five catcher. And, and this deal puts him in the ranks of Przinsky and Saltalamachia and McCann. He's not, he's not, I, I love Chooch. He's a great catcher he, for this team, but he's not, and I stress catcher. He, he occasionally can hit 2012, the all-star year, 325 average, 32 double, 16 homers. And he calls a great game behind the plate. Yeah. But he's not worth $26 million over three years. He's um, just not. But unfortunately... He is, apparently. Oh, he is. <laughs> so that's mind-numbing. Uh, also mind-numbing your boy. Former, now former New York Met, Latroy Hawkins. That boy! What you said. Here's a guy who is going to go to the place where pitchers go to die. Colorado. Signing a $2.5 million contract. According to the deal, Hawkins will be slated to work 
as the team's closer. Yeah, I, I don't understand. 41 years old, why would he want to take that on right now? Um, in Denver! In Denver, uh, of all places. I, I, You know, he really wanted to return to the Mets, supposedly, and I guess they didn't offer him as much as the Rockies did. It was only a $2.5 million deal. They probably offered around $1.5. If I was Hawkins, I would have taken it. Stayed with a team that you know. Stayed with a team that you pitch good for and not go to the mile high. Come on, man. It's Make been a sense. while since he's been a regular closer, too. That's the other key thing. I mean, he, he, listen, he did good when Parnell went down, but guess what? He didn't close the whole season, you know. So we'll see how that works out for Roy Hawkins down in mm-hmm. Colorado. Um, it, 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 was a, it was a pitcher's you know, free agent frenzy so far. Uh, Tim Hudson, man, this is the one that I really, really, really liked, and I said it before. Anybody that got Tim Hudson on a good deal – I think was going to be one of the teams that were going to be really good competitors next season. And I just, I, to, to me, it's a good addition to your starting rotation. And where does he go of all places? He goes to the San Francisco Giants on a two-year $23 million deal, Jim. But the question is going to be, you remember how he ended up ending the season with the Braves, that gruesome broken leg injury. Yeah. That's why he was shipped off. Can he be what he was I think so. prior to the injury? I think so. I mean, broken leg, that, that's big stuff. Well, the reason why he's leaving Atlanta, too, I think, is you're going over to a warmer place, uh, you know, a place with less humidity. Less humidity. Well, no, I wouldn't say less humidity. You see the fog in San Francisco. No, trust me. There's a, Atlanta during the summer. Well, okay, yeah, all right. Humidity, man, is just freaking insane. Okay. So, and you know, broken legs, broken bones, whatever, in that humidity, man, you're going to be hurting. Mm-hmm. So I, I think this is one of the reasons why he left uh, Atlanta um, and, and went elsewhere. But who knows if Atlanta even wanted him back? So, And plus Atlanta is trying to get younger. And right now their big problem is, are they going to be able to, to sign uh, uh, Hayward, uh, you know, down the road, which they're probably not going to be able to. Yeah. I think um, Hudson, well. according to uh, the, the uh, article here from CBS Sports, Hudson's going to be fourth in the rotation probably behind Bumgarner, Kane, and the other Tim, Lincecum. You think Lincecum may not even be a starter before much longer? I don't think so. I, you know, if he starts it off uh, sour, I think he's going to be in the... Uh, to the pen? And, and, excuse me, in the pen. It's going to be interesting to see. You know, it would be real funny, though. Considering you know they're losing Barry Zito, gaining Tim Hudson, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't be shocked if you see Barry Zito sign with uh, a team like Atlanta. Mm, possibly to be that uh, you know to be that fourth uh, key in, in that rotation. You know, to me, that could happen. So possibly there are a lot of rumors about if Max Scherzer is going to stay in Detroit. I mean, he's, he's got it, man. If they let him go, man, Jesus, come on. Well, considering how much they're, you know, they have tied up to certain position players who aren't doing anything. <laughs> Prince Fielder. Get rid of Prince Fielder, man. I'm sorry, man. You you figure out a way to get rid of somebody like Prince Fielder instead of getting rid of Max Scherzer. I am sorry. I'd eat money to get rid of Prince Fielder in order to keep Max Scherzer. But that's just me. If I'm the Mets, hey, let's call Detroit, see if we can get Max Scherzer. We'll give you somebody good. Let, let's also talk about your boys, even though they're not really your boys. The Yankees. Yeah. You sent me this article from Larry Brown Sports and uh, about Robbie Cano, don't you know, and how Jay-Z is marketing him like the second coming of the Lord and Savior himself. Yeah. Set this up for us. Well, supposedly Jay-Z is marketing Robinson Cano to various teams as Michael Jordan. Yes, he's not saying, listen, 
he's not a baseball player. We're not marketing him as a baseball player. We're marketing Robinson Cano as this huge superstar, this big rock star that's going to go out, play his butt off, and he's going to bring in so many more fans than what you had last season. It's not going to happen because guess what? Didn't do it for the Yankees. Ten-year deal, $300 million is what they are seeking for Robinson Cano. Ridiculous. Absolutely insane, Jim. He might get 200 He will not get 300 No. If he's going to get 300 the only team he's going to get it from would be the Yankees. In and my I'd mind. like to If think. they say no, he's going to get below 200 I'm sorry. I, I don't. They wanted to meet with the Mets. I mean, it goes to show you how desperate Jay-Z is right now that he wanted to meet with the Mets. They had dinner with Tandy Olderson and Jeff Wilpon. Brooklyn, Queens. Yeah. They already know the Mets ain't going to sign Robinson Cano. We already know the plans that the Mets have. Because of Sandy Alderson talking so much. They're not spending that type of money. So what? You're going to meet with the Mets trying to force the Yankees' hand? No, because the Yankees aren't stupid. They know exactly what the Mets are going to spend this season. So, it's it's insane. I'm sorry, but Robinson Cano is no Michael Jordan. I can market maybe Mike Trout like that. You can Well, first of all, Trout, but I'm not going to market younger. Robinson Cano like that. Uh, Cano's, what, 28, 29, something like that? Something like that. Yeah. So you're right. You can. You can. You can. Thirty-one. Like, He's thirty-one. Thirty-one. I take that. I take it all back. Then it's even worse. Yeah. You can market Mike Trout in that way because he's so young and he has so much upside over 10 years. Oh, people are only so going to deteriorate in his skills. Yeah, his first couple of years, if he stays healthy, are going to be fine. Back end of that deal, you're going to be praying he's gone. Yeah. Listen, if this was 10 years ago. And Robinson Cano is hitting the free agent market. You would have saw everybody salivating already. There's nobody salivating over him. Because they know they're getting ego. They're getting baggage here with Jay-Z. I think Jay-Z's doing more harm than good, big time here. Absolutely. I, I really think so. So You know. So he's trying to make a name for himself. Dollars, take it or leave it, okay? Yeah. yeah, he's trying to make a name for himself. He's trying to market him and... You know, create a deal that we've never seen before, so everybody, so everybody can turn around and say, "Oh wow, Jay Z is doing so much better than we thought he would." Rock Nation Sports, we got to be with Rock Nation Sports. I'm sorry, man, but that doesn't swing anymore in these days. You know, now, so the day of the super agent being such a powerhouse, eh, not so much. Oh, he's he's lucky, George. And Jay Z was late to the game, very late to the game. Oh yeah, like I said, he's lucky George Steinbrenner is not around. He would have chewed Jay Z for breakfast, man. Spit him out. Yeah, no question about it. But you you ain't getting no three. Listen, if a team pays. $300 million over 10 years for Robinson Cano, that team needs to be blown up. I, I, seriously, it, it's, it, you can't be that stupid. Yeah. Can't be. Uh, there are no words once again. There are no words. No. So we move on. Unbelievable. All right, what about this one, man? Josh Johnson coming off a uh, not too good of a season with the Toronto Blue Jays, signing a $8 million guaranteed one-year contract with the San Diego Padres. Is this a low-risk, high-reward move for the Padres? I would have to say it is. Yeah. Uh, although I'm eight million dollars, I don't know if it's you know low risk. Well, well, I, relative, I, relative, everything being for relative. San Diego, it's low risk because they got really nobody else. Yeah, it's it's a veteran arm. Couldn't hurt. That's I mean, he went two and eight last season with a six point two zero ERA. Yeah, I mean, maybe a change of, like we talked about, change of scenery in the National League uh, where he had been previously might wow. help him out. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think lots of players in MLB need a change of scenery as well. Exactly. Oh, man. Well, we were talking about this pre-show, Jim. All right. Players we grew up on watching 
There are now coaches. You, yeah, we and talked about Brad Ausmus. Yeah, uh, I mean Detroit. Yeah, it's crazy. But who? But you know what? Joining his staff now, Omar Vizcaya and Wally Joiner. That's that's insane. I mean, it's it's you know, I feel old. I really am starting to feel old. Thank you very much. I'm old at 29. Thank you, John. That's when you see guys that you watched playing turning into head coaches. Now we got Brad Ausmus, Mike Matheny. Um, who else was just hired? Somebody else was just hired not too long. Oh, yeah, Ryan Sandberg, you know, in, in Philly. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody else I thought was just hired, too, that, that I kind of remembered playing. I can't remember who it was now. But... Even just Hello, mentioned Joe Girardi's name as well, too. Joe Girardi, he... absolutely. Joe Girardi. Yeah, but, you know, he's been a coach for a few Well, I years. mean, he's been a coach, but still, we grew up with him. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah, we did. Absolutely. Yeah. If you remember him playing with both the Cubs and the Yankees, yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. Let's talk about coaches that we grew up on watching as players. Jason Kidd, Brooklyn Nets. Oh, this is all you, buddy. This is all you. Go for it. Off to a pretty bad start. Pretty bad? In Brooklyn. Uh, yeah, there are <laughs> they're three and seven. They're tied with the Knicks. Both the Knicks and the Brooklyn Nets are three and seven. And now we have a, you know, thanks to Howard Beck, we have a an NBA scout talking uh, anonymously and I'm going to read this to you. This is from Howard Beck uh, over at Bleacher Report, which I hate using Bleacher Report. But anyway, uh, I quote, a veteran scout interviewed earlier in the day and speaking on the, condition, uh, the condition of, uh, of, 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 uh, excuse me, of being anonymous, called kids' bench comportment terrible, observing that the play calling has fallen mostly to his top assistants, Lawrence Frank and John Welch. Quote, he doesn't do anything, said the scout who's watched the Nets several times. He doesn't make calls. John Welch does all the offense. Lawrence does all the defense. I don't know what kid does. I don't think you can grade him and say he's bad, but you can give him an incomplete end quote. The same scout said he had counted only 15 plays run by the Nets in the games he has watched. Multiple observers have noted that the Nets' offense lacks any flow, as if the Stars are all simply taking turns with the Bulls, end quote from Howard Beck. This is something we spoke about when they hired him, Jim. There are so many coaches out there with the experience to do this. Mm-hmm. Brooklyn brings in Jason Kidd. Why? From getting the fans and getting the money in. That's the only reason why you brought in Jason Kidd. Otherwise, you make Jason Kidd an assistant. There are so many good coaches out there that are not coaching right now because of the Nets signing Jason Kidd as their coach. It's despicable. Why, do it's, I have, why am I drawing the parallel with Wayne Gretzky being behind the bench with Phoenix here? Why am I getting that parallel in my mind? Can you tell me? Well, I'm sorry. I mean, Wayne like, uh, didn't have all-stars on his team. That's Wayne Gretzky wasn't an awful hockey coach, which is why a lot of teams are still hoping, hey, one day Wayne Gretzky's going to come out and say, I, I do want to coach again. We almost got that with the New York Rangers. Mm-hmm. And I think you would have saw what kind of coach Wayne Gretzky could have done with a better team. Jason Kidd's just sitting there, man. He ain't doing nothing. At least Wayne Gretzky was vocal. He was standing up on the bench. He was coaching. You know, he was doing his thing. I, I, to, to me, I think that's a, a, a bad comparison, Jim. Okay. Um, with, with Wayne Gretzky. Um, but we see it happen enough times in sports where superstar player tries to transcend what he's good at, and he fails miserably. We see it too often, I think. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly. I mean, I mean, you know, 
for every, you know, Patrick Waugh's not in that class. I'll give you an anti-example, a counter-example. No, he's vocal. Patrick Waugh is the real in the words of Iron Sheik, but for every one of him, we get five or ten, you know, Johnny-come-latelys who think, oh, I'm just here, I'm just going to be, mind my business. Yeah. To to coach in this, especially in the association, you got to put your heart and soul into it. And from what I'm seeing and reading, Jason Kidd is doing neither of that. So... So Lawrence Frank is essentially the head coach once again of the Nets. That's interesting. Listen, he should be. Why not? Make him the head coach. I mean, honestly, man, you know, to me, you know, I think it's despicable when you got a first-year coach just, just coming off a plane and has no experience coaching, and I don't care what you say, field general, uh, you know, court general, whatever. Make him assistant. Make him a bench Make him an assistant. Because, listen, playing on the court is totally different than coaching. It's, it's two totally different environments. Two different mindsets. You know, Avery Johnson. To me, Avery Johnson's a good coach. He was a good point guard, but he went in as an assistant, and he learned from top people, man. Come on, man. When you learn from a guy like Greg Popovich, Mm -hmm. you know, it it helps you out. It's just like when you're playing. Yeah. You don't automatically get into the starting lineup day one, do you? No. No. You learn. You spend time practicing. You learn from your teammates and your peers, those who have, wait for it, wait for it, more experience than you. Mm-hmm and they groom you and mold you, and if you're good enough, you take the reins. Yeah. He hasn't done that. He's jumped to the top because, look at me, I'm Jason Kidd. I'm a Hall of Fame, possibly caliber player. It doesn't work that way. shouldn't work no. that way. No. I mean, it's uh, whatever. Man. I mean, listen, man, when you got guys like Joe Johnson, Deron Williams, Brooke Lopez, Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, man, you know. But, you know, what did I say when they made that trade? Here we go back to the Lakers when they brought – you know, Carl Malone and Gary Payton in to play along Shaq and Kobe. Mm-hmm. You can't have, you know, eight players on your team that can only do something good because they need to have the ball. You can't have that. You've got to have a balance, just like we talk about in football. Got to have a balance between throwing and running. Same thing in basketball. You've got to have a balance between starters, bench players, role players, offense, and defense. Right. And there's no balance with the, with the Brooklyn Nets. To me, that's, that's the same way the Knicks are feeling. There is no balance with the New York Knicks. You've got two players in J.R. Smith and Timmy Hardaway who are the same. They need the ball in order to score to be good. Mm-hmm. And then you get your injuries. You know, you've got no legitimate backup center. Tyson Chandler is out. You've got Andrea Bargnani, who I've got to give props to, man, playing some great, great you know, offense and defense for the Knicks at the center position. And nobody thought that was going to happen. So... You know, you got to have that balance, and there's no balance with Brooklyn, and guess what? There's no real head coach with Brooklyn. You're right. I'm, I'm, you're getting no argument from me. Yeah. No argument at all. And it's great that these, uh, you know, that these guys are coming out now and saying it. You know, yeah. saying, listen, you know what? We're watching this guy. We're, we're hawking him. He ain't doing nothing. He's not calling any plays. Mm. Now we're going to see ISO cams on Jason Kidd. That could be fun. Probably not. I'm sure uh, Mikhail Prokhorov is not going to let that happen. Oh, yes, because in Russia, the cams are on you. The cams on you. Ah, ah, Yagov Shmirnov. Ah, 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 ah. All right, man, let's look at the uh, NBA standings real quick. In the Eastern Conference, Indiana, first place, still 9-1 record. Miami, second place, 8-3. Chicago, 6-3 and in third. Philly, 5-7 and in fourth. Did you think you would see that? It's still easy. I, I, w- I was thinking it was going to be more like 0-12. Yeah, probably. 6-5 <laughs> and five Atlanta in fifth place. The Charlotte Bobcats in sixth with a 5-6 and six record. Detroit, 
in seventh, Orlando in eighth with both four and six records. The, the real shock here is New York and Brooklyn out of that so far. Um, it's going to change. It's still early. It's only 10 games into this. We're, we're, we're not even a quarter of the way through. No. Nah, nah. yeah, exactly. Over in the Western Conference, San Antonio Spurs in first place with a 9-1 and record. The Portland Trailblazers, 9-2 and in second place, playing some really, really good basketball. 1-7 straight, as have the San Antonio Spurs. Golden State in third with an 8-3 and record. Oklahoma City Thunder in fourth with 7-3. and Houston in fifth, 8-4. and the Clippers and the Dallas Mavericks, sixth and seventh, respectively, both seven and four records. And the Minnesota Timberwolves, seven and five in eighth place. Uh, missing it is, of course, Memphis, Lakers, Denver, even maybe, mm. you know. But the Lakers, the Lakers may be getting somebody back. By the name of Kobe Bryant. Your main man. Not really, no. But now, uh, No, more so now than ever. I can actually respect... Kobe Bryant's game now. In the beginning, I couldn't. Now, you know, now I can. Um, probably because you know all my hates towards LeBron. So, well, well, that and plus, when he's been talking with various people, uh, and out, he was on the View the other day for goodness' sakes, and he's pretty much taking you know the right attitude about coming back. If this was Kobe a couple of years ago, coming off this kind of injury, he would have come back day one of the season. Yeah. But now he's you know. Being a little bit more team-oriented, I'm coming back when I'm ready and I know I can contribute. The fact of the matter is, it's going to be the proof in the pudding when he comes back, which could be in the next week or two. Um, especially the fact that he has to have his number, his uh, his minutes numbered. He has to, and limited yeah. early on. Because he cannot go out there and play 40 minutes a night at this point in time. He may not be able to do that for half a season. Yeah. So, that's going to be a test. It's going oh, to be yeah. a test. Absolutely. Well, we just got some news in right now. Uh, today was the grievance hearing with A-Rod. Uh-oh. A-Rod stormed out of the building after the arbitrator, uh, Frederick Horowitz, ruled that baseball commissioner Bud Selig did not have to testify before mm-hmm. A-Rod's attorneys. A-Rod screamed out, this is ridiculous, got up, and before Stominoff pointed at MLB CEO Rob Manfred and said he was full of bleep. And walked out of the hearing. You um, are full of fertilizer. Yeah. He just issued a statement through his uh, spokesper- spokesman yeah. saying, and I quote, I am disgusted with this abusive process designed to ensure that the player fails. I have sat through 10 days of testimony by felons and liars sitting quietly through every minute trying to respect the league in the process. This morning after Bud Selig refused to come in and testify about his rationale for the unprecedented and totally baseless punishment he hit me with, the arbitrator selected by MLB and, the, and MLBPA Refused to order Selig to come in and face me. The absurdity and injustice that just became too much. I walked out and will not participate any further in this farce. End quote. I guess also we'll hear more about forward, this on Friday. Also going forward, we don't know what we're going to do. The fight's still going on, but most likely it's going to end up in federal court. End quote. So. No question about it. Also, popcorn ready. Also, NFL fined 49ers linebacker Ahmad Brooks $16,000 for his hit on quarterback Drew Brees. Ray Lewis has offered to pay half the fine. Oh, how lovely. How lovely. That's so nice and a murderer. I mean, Ray Lewis. Oh, jeez. All right, Jim. That's it for today's show. Yeah, we're back Friday, 12 noon, I assume. 12 noon. We'll be back at our right time at 12 noon, and we'll pick the rest of the week 12 games. Uh, We've got some interesting stuff. The Survivor Series thing. Survivor Series thing. uh, The the interview with a WWE superstar going up, as well as the interview with uh, Exodus lead singer Rob Duke. So it's going to be good. Also, a guest to announce for next week as well. 
Oh, very nice. And we may have a little surprise about how you can uh, get involved with the show in another way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's going to be real good. So, for Jim Williams, I'm Jonathan Raggis. Thank you for tuning in to 24-7 Sports Hub Radio. We'll see you all Friday. See Crest out.